Jesus said he's given us his word. We're to build his, our faith on the word of God. And whoever does so will be likened to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rains descended and the floods came, it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Well, this nation was founded upon the rock for the first 200 years of our existence. But 50 years ago, now, 50 years ago, we kicked creation and prayer out of our schools. And for the last 50 years, we've been teaching our future citizens they evolved on their own without God. And we are reaping the fruit today. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. We've got a teacher this morning that's going to share things about creation. Let me just say this unequivocally. If you believe that the earth is older than 6,000 or so years, you need to check your theology. I say that only because we don't know the exact date of the beginning. The Bible gives the age of the church, around 6,000 years. Well, that's only if you take it how you interpret it. I interpret it just like the Bible says it. I think that's pretty good, don't you? And so this is what we believe. A lot of people sit back and say, well, no, it happened, you know, through evolution. I've had people leave the church because they get mad because we have this guy and other people come and teach about creation. I'll say it very simply. I've said it long before Russ ever showed up. How many know Russ Miller? Okay. He's going to be with us this morning. And his lovely wife, Joanne. I had to say that because Russ and I need some help. But we got our lovely wives, so we're good. If if death happened before the fall, then let's close the book and go home. The Bible says death was the result of sin. If death happened before the fall in the Garden of Eden, then we're wasting our time. This is just another, another social club we're doing. How many are understanding what I'm saying? It was because of Adam and Eve's rebellion that sin came into the world. This is what the Bible teaches without reservation. You say, Pastor, why are you doing this? Because I'm laying a foundation, folks. This is what Christians need to believe. You say, well, I know a lot of good churches that don't believe in this. That's between them and God. I'm just telling you what the Bible teaches. I'm waiting for a few more amens. Okay, good. Friday night, let's get all of us out to pray. Let's get all of us out to touch the throne of God. Would you please welcome Mr. Russ Miller as he comes this morning to minister God's word. How are you doing this morning? Is my mic on? There we go. 
Well, again, my name is Russ Miller. It's a pleasure to be here and speak in Flagstaff. Uh, my wife and I have a ministry, Creation, Evolution, and Science Ministries, and God's opened doors for us all across the nation to share. But, you know, we only speak in Flagstaff on a Sunday morning, maybe once a year. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a battle. And as Pastor Tim just said, you know, actually there's not that many churches that want to stand. They want to keep kind of the, the gate wide. But the wide gate doesn't, isn't the gate we need to be looking for. You know, I, I want to say that um, I think all of us know there's something terribly wrong in this nation, right? I mean, I'm not saying anything that surprises anybody, right? Yeah, right. Well, so what in the world's wrong? What in the world's happening? Jesus said, think about this. Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rains ascended and the floods came and it fell. And great was the fall of the house built on the ever-shifting sands of man's ever-changing opinions. Jesus said, he's given us his word. We're to build his our faith on the word of God. And whoever does so will be likened to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And when the rains descended and the floods came, it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Well, this nation was founded upon the rock for the first 200 years of our existence. But 50 years ago, now, 50 years ago, we kicked creation and prayer out of our schools, and for the last 50 years, we've been teaching our future citizens they evolved on their own without God. And we are reaping the fruit today. You see, why does it matter? Pastor Tim covered this already. Why, why does death before Adam matter? You see, the age of the earth, that's really a diversionary tactic. 6,000, 8,000, 100 zillion years. What matters is, as Tim said, when death entered the creation. Any belief that puts death before Adam undermines the gospel message. Let me explain why. You see, Moses lays down the foundation of the gospel message in the first and the third chapters of the book of Genesis. If you're going to build a foundation or a house, you start out with a foundation, right? You have to build on a foundation. The foundation for the gospel is laid down in the early chapters of the book of Genesis that God created a perfect universe. Think about that. It was perfect. There was no death, no evil, no suffering. It was perfect. But what in the world happened to it? Boy, scoffers will come up to Christians today and say, come on, where's your loving God? We live in a world full of death and disease. My aunt has cancer. Four kids were killed in a car accident last night. A two-year-old drowned in a pool in Phoenix yesterday. Where's your loving God? There's no loving God. Grow up. We evolved over millions of years of death and suffering. Where's the biblical answer? You see, if you go to college, you send your kids or grandkids to college, and they don't know how to biblically answer that, they'll join that 90% of Christian kids leaving the church by the age of 20. Where's the biblical answer? It's right there in the book of Genesis. You see, God didn't create the world the way it is today, full of death, evil, and suffering. He created a perfect universe. What happened to it? Adam's original sin. You see, Adam's original sin corrupted the perfect creation, allowing death and evil to enter. And there's the biblical answer right there. But original sin is much more important from a Christian standpoint. Think about this. It was Adam walked in the garden with God. Why don't we walk in the garden with God today? Well, our sin has separated us from God, requiring what? That we be redeemed with him. 
with the first promise of the coming Redeemer given in Genesis 3, verse 15, where the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman? The seed comes from the man. Well, is this a mistake in the Bible? No, we're being told the coming Redeemer will be born of a virgin. This is all laid down by Genesis 3, verse 15. Most of the rest of Scripture is God's plan of salvation through the seed of the woman, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you put death before Adam, you've undermined any original sin, bringing in death and separating us from God. Old earth beliefs that are worshipped today were only invented about 200 years ago. They didn't even start to become popular until 150 years ago. And remember, Jesus said you tell good from bad by the fruit. Guess what the number one fruit of old earth beliefs is? Darwinism. These are two religious beliefs. Billions of years in Darwinism are two different belief systems. <laughs> it's moving on me. I know it doesn't like We're not getting along real well, but we're trying to make it happen here. Think about this. Moses, through the inspiration of God, told us that God has judged man's sin once already with a flood of waters that covered all the high hills under the whole heaven. Oh, come on. I mean, if God's word were really true, I I mean, if there was a global flood, the evidence should be overwhelming. I I think the outer crust of the earth would be made up of sedimentary layers of rock that had been laid down by water. And I think those layers would be full of billions of things that were drowned and buried so quickly they didn't even have time to rot away or get eaten by scavengers. So so what do we see today? Well, the outer crust of the earth averages a mile deep of sedimentary layers of rock laid down by water, full of billions of dead things that were drowned and buried before they could rot away. Exactly what would be there if God's word were true. God's word is true, word for word and cover to cover. Jesus said, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not will be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand and the rains ascended and the floods came, the going got tough and it fell, it collapsed and great was the fall of the house built on the ever-shifting sands of man's ever-changing opinions and philosophies. So for the last 50 years, Uh, officially in our public schools and colleges, media, parks, and museums, we've been teaching the religious philosophy of humanism as if it were science. Let me ask you a question. Kids today, and I'll speak at NAU or a college, and boy, the professors give their kids extra credit to come and attack me, and they'll just be glaring at me. And God's shown me how to take the wind right out of their sails. First thing I'll say is, hey, how many of you have been taught that creation is a religious belief? Oh, man, they raise their hands. Say, that's good, it is. Hey, let me ask you this. How many of you have been taught that evolution science? Oh, man, they raised their hands. They've got me now. I'll say, wait a minute. Aren't creation and evolution exactly the same thing? Aren't they both beliefs on how we came about? Oh, yeah. They're both beliefs on how we came about. Neither one is science. But they teach their belief as if it were science, and people think, oh, it's science. It's not science. Science is knowledge derived from the study of the evidence. But think about this. Their religious belief taught as science is based on the exact same sedimentary layers of rock laid down by water that the biblical creation believers base their, fa- their findings on. You see, well, we actually find it on the Bible, but I'm on the evidence. You see, think about this. It's not a matter of who has evidence. Everyone has the exact same evidence. 
It's a matter of who gets to interpret the evidence. They just interpret those sedimentary layers as, hey, those layers laid down by water didn't form in a global flood. No, no, they formed slowly over millions and billions of years, putting death and suffering before Adam. This, think about this. The Bible says, in the beginning God created. Jesus says twice in Mark and Matthew, man was made male and female since the beginning. And man's sin corrupted the perfect creation, allowing death to enter, separating us from God and requiring Jesus' death on the cross to redeem us with him. Old earth beliefs, as Pastor Tim pointed out, put death before Adam and make everything else a joke. I mean... If the Bible's not true, hey, we don't need to be here today. We can just go and have brunch. We'll do Super Bowl early, right? Goodness gracious. You see, this says, hey, there was no perfect creation corrupted by some sin that separated you from some supposed creator. And that means there's no need of redemption. And this has been taught as if it were a scientific fact for the last 50 years. So if you wonder what in the world is wrong with America today, we're just reaping what we've been sowing. Don't believe me? How about the editor of American Atheist magazine? If there was never an original sin, there's no need of salvation. No original sin, no separation, no need for redemption. And that puts Jesus into the ranks of the unemployed. Well, Jesus said, you, should, you can tell good from bad by the fruit, Okay. So if there's any question about the age of the earth issues, let's go to Jesus. You tell good from bad by the fruit. A good tree will bring forth good fruit. A corrupt tree will bring forth evil fruit. Today, almost 90% of Christian-raised kids are leaving the church by the age of 20. After being taught, they evolved over millions of years of death and suffering. And only a handful of pastors, I would say about 2% will allow us to show people the truth because they don't want to upset the people who've been fooled. Now, I used to be a theistic evolutionist. That's a Christian who believes God used evolution in millions of years of death to get us here. There's progressive creationists and gap theorists and all sorts of beliefs, but you won't find any of them in God's word. Thank the Lord someone allowed me to see the information I now share with others. You're not protecting somebody by keeping this from them. You might be condemning them. Jesus said, take heed that no man deceives you. You know, for the last hundred years, we've been teaching our kids, evidence certifies earth is four and a half billion years old. Well, I'll tell you what, since this is all anyone's taught, that's how most people see the world and interpret it. I want to I show you, we're going to go through a little uh, game here on this next visual. I want you all to participate with me. I want to show you how easy it is to be brainwashed to where you can't see the truth when it's right in front of you. Okay, I want you to all look at this. You need to say this out loud. You're just going to talk to yourself, but you have to say it out loud or it won't work. Look at this and say the color, not the word. Go ahead. Yellow, black, blue. You have to say it out loud or it won't work. Come on. Yellow, black. Say the color, though, not the word. Because you've been trained to say the word, not the color, right? So you try it out loud, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, even when it's right there in front of you, it's hard to see what you're doing because you've been so indoctrinated to read the word rather than say the color. Well, we teach all of our kids. They evolved over millions of years of death and suffering, so guess how they see the world? Hmm. Here, I get a lot of weird emails. Here's one. 
As a Christian with a college degree, I'm utterly embarrassed by the garbage you spew out of your mouth. Science proves there was never a global flood and death existed long before man. To believe anything else is delusional. Oh, I get, I get, I get these every day, my friends. See, what we're actually doing is we're trying to evangelize the church. To evangelize the church. You know, real science is a believer's best friend. Real science is on our side. Real science is knowledge derived from the study of evidence. Of the 200 branches of modern science, about 180 were begun by Bible-believing Christians to study God's creation. That's been undermined today by secular humanists, but there wouldn't even be science if it weren't for Christians. And the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. You know, some people say we're not supposed to prove the Bible. Well, Jesus didn't say that. I mean, he gave Doubting Thomas ironclad proof, right? He always provided proof. He'd rather we believe by faith, but sometimes we need some proof. So prove all things. You've probably heard of carbon dating. It's one of the most popular the isotope dating methods. It's used on organic remains. It measures the amount of carbon-14 in these remains, C14, which is manufactured in the atmosphere. And during pro- photosynthesis, plants breathe in CO2 that contain trace amounts of carbon-14. So that becomes a part of their tissue. Uh, when an animal eats a plant or breathes, they get carbon-14 in them. We all have trace amounts of C14 in us. Now, the few scientists... Uh, I, yeah, the few scientists that actually work with carbon dating, remember there's 200 branches of science, so a scientist understands one half of 1% of science. You know, they say that the C14 would be gone. It decays away, so the less in an item, the older it dates, but it would be completely gone in measurable amounts in less than 80,000 years. Some people say 40,000, but let's give them 80,000. So you can't date something older than 80,000. There wouldn't be any carbon-14 left to measure. But keep in mind, it'd be gone in less than 80,000 years because I'm going to use carbon-14 to show you the truth of God's word. But by comparing the amount in the atmosphere, which they think is fairly equal to what's in the uh, item in the ground, they say it's taken this long to decay away up to 80,000 years. However, scientists have shown extremely large changes in the atmosphere, so they don't have anything to compare it to. It's going up and down. This is why they get such wild dates. They've dated living penguins at 8,000 years old. Living snails dated 27,000 years old. This from the Anthropological Journal of Canada. The troubles of the carbon dating method are undeniably deep and serious. Half of dates are rejected, there are gross discrepancies, and the published dates are actually selected dates. You mean they just pick a date they want something to be? Absolutely. Well, where do they pick it from? From the man-made geologic column or time scale. Now, realize, this is where the dates really come from, not from some scientific dating method. This was invented shortly after George Washington passed away. When they thought a cell was a simple glob of gelatin, when modern transportation was a new saddle, what they did, I went too far, sorry about that, and I'm not about to try hitting backwards. Okay, I will. I'll try it one time. This could be a disaster. Oh, oh, almost made it. There we go. What they did was they, they made a drawing of 12 primary layers. They gave each layer a name, assigned an age to each layer, and indexed fossils. Let me ask you a question. Where did they come up with the ages back in the early 1800s 
that we date things by today. How did they come up with those ages? They made them up. How, where else could they have come up with them? So anyways, the index fossils are an important part. This book tells kids on page 306, we date the rock layer by the fossils found in it. Okay, well, how'd they get the date of the fossils? It page, says on page 307, we date the fossils by the rock layer. We date the rock by the fossil and the fossil by the rock. It's a, it's a total circular argument all based on this man-made geologic time scale. For instance, low-fin fish were indexed fossils for rock up to 325 million years old, five times as long as they say dinosaurs have been extinct. So any layer found with a low-fin fossil in it and everything in the layer was dated up to 325 million years old, except the low-fin fish has been found alive today. Not extinct 325 million years. And I did say there's two ways to look at all evidence, so let's be as fair as possible. Either that fish refutes the old earth dating methods, or that scuba diver is 325 million years old. You know, you can take your pick, which you want to believe. You know, the index fossils have become a total embarrassment to them, but that's where the old earth buildings come from. They're showing up alive today by the dozens. They're showing up alive today so often they had to come up with a new scientific classification for the index fossils showing up alive today. They're now called Lazarus Taxon because they've risen from the dead. <laughs> but they never were extinct. And this refutes the old earth dating methods. The geologic column is where the old earth beliefs come from. It's only been found in the correct order with the corresponding in index fossils two places in the entire world school textbooks, and museum displays. And yet this has fooled billions of people into rejecting Jesus or compromising his word with beliefs that put death before Adam. Okay, so today, now you've seen where the older beliefs come from, this is a great day. If you were like me and used to believe in millions of years, now you can just put your faith in God's word. I'm glad we're all here today. I'm glad Pastor Tim's letting us share this. Think about this from the American Journal of Science. Think about what it's saying. Radiometric dating would not have been feasible. It doesn't work if the geologic column had not been there first. Well, what do these scientific dating methods have to do with this man-made drawing? They pick the date that matches the drawing. They'll date a rock over and over until they get a date that matches the drawing. But we tell our six-year-old kids, Earth has changed much in four and a half billion years. Say the color, not the word. Hmm. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. A pinch of leaven of sin can corrupt your entire belief system. See, Jesus warned there'd be false teachers, false prophets, sheep among the wolves, the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the tares, remember? So we should expect that. So we have to be like a Berean. You have to compare anything you believe that I tell you, that Pastor Tim tells you, that anyone tells you, you have to compare it to God's word. And if it doesn't match God's word... Humble yourself to God's word. You might not understand how God's word fits, but there are people that can help you. There are good apologists. I'd be glad to help you on creation, evolution, age of the earth issues. Put your faith in the word of God, even if we can't explain things.
Yet today, over 90% of accredited Christian colleges and seminaries are teaching older beliefs that put death before Adam. And their grads are filling the church, and guess what information gets blocked? See, we go to Michigan and, and Wisconsin and Massachusetts and New Hampshire. We'll be in Albuquerque next weekend, Portland the week after. And people say, wow, you must really be popular. No, just the opposite. We have to go that far to find someone that will let us share this information with their people. We should never have to leave Arizona. There's a 1,000 churches just in probably 10,000 churches in Arizona. Teaching that death existed before Adam eliminates teaching that man's sin brought death into the world, separates from God. I mean, think about it. If you're a Christian seminary, and let's say a timeline here, you're teaching old earth beliefs that put death before Adam. You can't teach them that Adam's sin brought death in the world, can you? Separating us from God. In fact, Calvin College, which is in Michigan, uh, they, uh, they teach theistic evolution. And last year, their professors came out and said, there never was an Adam or an Eve. They're mythical creatures. Well, they just figured out the way to get over the problem that they are teaching death exists for Adam is to eliminate Adam. Unbelievable. They should have just been here this morning. I could show them why there's no reason to believe in millions of years. Here's another email I got two weeks ago. I'm a pastor and hold a degree in physics. What gives you the right to go around telling people your uneducated opinion that the Bible's creation story is true? And it, You know what he just said to me? He said to me, by what authority do you teach? Exact same thing the Pharisees said to Jesus. And by what authority do I teach? My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what authority I teach by. You know, the Bible is the only book that lives on its ability to predict the future. We're told they're coming the last day scoffers. Wow. They say all sorts of crazy things. Like, I won't believe the Bible unless you can scientifically prove it to be true. I had met Pastor Tim and Jewel in his office a couple weeks ago, you know, Coco's. And, <laughs> and um, I was walking in, and there's a big commotion in there. And Jewel had this guy in a headlock, and she's twisting his nose back and forth. And Pastor Tim pulls her off the guy. And the guy stands up, and his nose, his nose is bleeding profusely. And I... And Tim says, Jewel, why did you do that to the guy? And she said, well, well, Tim, he asked me to prove the Bible's true scientifically. And in Proverbs, we're told the ringing of the nose will bring forth blood. <laughs> and you can scientifically test that all day long, my friends. But it goes on about these scoffers. Think about this. They're going to be willingly ignorant. They're going to choose to ignore that by the word of God, the world that was being overflowed with water perished. The Bible foretells in the last days, scoffers will deny the global flood. And every old earth belief is based on there never having been a global flood in those sedimentary layers of rock forming slowly. Wow. The Bible foretold this 2,000 years ago. Because the belief in the age of the earth comes down to how the earth's strata layers formed. Slowly over millions of years of death and suffering or quickly during a global flood. Let's go back to carbon dating. The C-14 would be gone in less than 80,000 years of measurable amounts. Studies show that carbon-14 is found in every fossil-bearing layer down to the bottom of the Cambrian, which we're told is 600 million years old. That means all those layers have to be less than 80,000 years old. 
Oh, and better yet, the range of carbon-14 from the top to the bottom, remember, it decays over time, it's in the same range of amount, which means what? They formed in the same event. And there's nothing but a global flood that can explain that. Have I mentioned how a global flood explains how the layers form quickly, wiping out every old earth death before Adam belief? Wow. Did you know that never has an oil deposit, a coal layer, or a natural gas deposit been found that does not contain carbon-14? <laughs> it's almost like all those layers laid down by water were laid down by, uh, <clears throat> well, uh, water. Wow. It's almost like God's word's true. Word for word and cover to cover. And we better start humbling ourselves to it because he's coming back soon. Like a thief in the night, and we better be ready for it. You know that dinosaur remains, 36 different dinosaur bones have been found in the last 10 years that are not fossilized, that still have red blood cells, amino acids, soft, flexible tissues in them. Last October, they found dinosaur DNA in some of those remains. Wow, all those sedimentary layers of rock laid down by water were laid down in the global flood. And God's word is true. Only a global flood can explain these and many other things that I cover in our Old Earth Global Flood teaching and in our Grand Canyon formation. Hey, you know, I know some of you have been to Grand Canyon, but I show original creation rock. I tell you where you can touch it. I show the, where the flood layers come in. But did you know there used to be a mile and a half of strata above the rim of Grand Canyon? Above where you're standing or sitting right now, there used to be a mile and a half of layers above here. It's been removed. And there's a 900-foot butte right behind my head. There, a remnant God left at the canyon so that we will be without excuse. They don't tell you about that at Grand Canyon, do they? You know, the book of Jeremiah foretells that people are going to turn their back on God, saying to a stone, thou has brought me forth. Saying to a stone, thou has brought me forth. Well, our textbooks teach earth formed four and a half billion years ago, and it started out as a hot ball of rock. And then oceans formed as it rained on the rock for millions of years. You mean it rained on the stone for millions of years of time? Are they going to tell our kids that they brought, were brought forth from a stone? Hmm. Say the color, not the word. What about the law of biogenesis? You know, real science, a believer's best friend. The law of biogenesis holds that life can only come from life. You know, Darwinists have no way to get life started. Non-believers have no way to get life started. So this textbook tells kids all the many forms of life on earth today are descended, stated as a fact, from a common ancestor found in a population of primitive, primitive unicellular organisms. How's a kid supposed to argue with that? They've just been taught it's a fact, right? Well, what evidence do they have? You know, science is knowledge derived from the study of the evidence. It says right here, no traces of those events remain. From the Big Bang to the Big Rock to the rain on the stone to the poof, the moment that life starts into the common ancestor and the primitive unicellular organisms, there's not a shred of evidence of any of it. It's a 100% religious belief that goes against multiple scientific laws, principles, and all mathematical possibility. Science is knowledge derived from the study of evidence. In fact, this former Harvard professor and Nobel Prize winner said modern biologists, having reviewed the downfall of spontaneous generation, that's poof, life starting on its own, yet unwilling to accept creation are left with nothing. 
with nothing. What a lonely place to be. That's the reason people are so mad today. They've been left with nothing if they reject Jesus Christ. But science is knowledge derived from the study of evidence. So at NAU, they've had a class for at least four years attacking me and biblical creation because I spoke there for 45 minutes once. I don't know if they still run it or not. I really don't pay much attention to it. But in the class attacking me, they used the book by the president of the National Center of Science Education as their textbook. So I said, well, let's go and see what the president here has to say of how life started without God. And on page 26, it says, the origin of life was not a sudden event, but a continuum of events with a lot of iffy stuff in the middle. This is the modern college textbook. You know, Darwin is say if you start out the raw material for life and given enough time and energy, poof, it can happen on its own. Well, they can't get life to start even in a lab, so we can't get over the law of biogenesis, real science, a believer's best friend. So let's just say we try to make just a non-living thing like a, like a brick structure. Let's say uh, they had the raw material, the brick and the mortar, and time will give them a billion years, and for energy, we'll... Uh, We'll take the brick and mortar to the top of a six-story building, and once a second for a billion years, we'll push this off. Once a second for a billion years. How many beautiful brick buildings are you going to come up with? Yeah, you're going to get this every time, right? (laughs) But you throw in some simple human intelligence, and you're going to come up with a beautiful structure every time. You see, the difference between our intelligent biblical designer and naturalistic's random chance is immense. This hammer was found encased in rock. Well, since they're teaching that we evolved from a rock, what if I told you the hammer was evolving from the rock? What would you think? You'd think this guy's a nut, right? Why? Why wouldn't you believe it's evolving on its own? Because it shows too much intelligent design to have come about on its own, right? All it is is a piece of iron and a stick put together. You are hundreds of trillions of times more complex than a hammer. Why in the world do we let our kids be taught they evolve from a rock? Mind-boggling. Design, even of the hammer magnitude, demands a designer be behind it. This Nobel Prize-winning scientist said, anything we scientists can do to weaken the hold of religion should be done. He doesn't even realize he's pushing his religion. And that evidently means lying, cheating, stealing, and filling textbooks full of lies and frauds. Have you ever heard you're 98% the same in your biochemistry as a chimpanzee? Proving we're close, close relatives to the chimps. Actually, real science, a believer's best friend, has that down below 90%, which is interesting because you're 96% the same in your biochemistry as a mouse. Yeah, your biochemistry is uh, 75% the same as that from some worms. Your biochemistry is 50% the same as that from a banana. <laughs> Anyone evolved from a banana? The last time I was at NAU, 500 students raised their hand to that. Well, they're taught we all evolve from a common ancestor. That would mean, yes, you're, uh, you're related to bananas. So when I got home, Joanne and I, we checked our family trees. Not a banana in the whole bunch. <laughs> I didn't even find the idea very appealing, to be honest with you. Oh, oh, okay, that's the way we're going to be, okay. Here's an NAU textbook. It shows the drawings of the bones in the flipper of a whale or the foreleg of a horse or a cat or the forearm of a human. And they say, look, we all have two bones in the forelimb, proof we evolved from a common ancestor. Well, couldn't that be proof that we have the same designer? You know, I drive a Ford pickup truck and my next door neighbor has a Ford van and their dashboards are identical. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's not because they evolved from a moped. It's because they have the same designer, right? Any argument of similarities is a much better uh, argument for the same designer. If you understand the difference, if you leave with nothing else this morning but this, micro and macro evolution. See, the word evolution has uh, so many different meanings, and Darwinists love that because they'll slide from one to the other without defining them, and fool people into thinking there's proof of Darwinism when actually there's not a shred of evidence that ever happened. Microevolution is just microadaptations. It's simply kinds bringing forth after their kind. Dogs bring forth dogs. Roses bring forth roses. People bring forth people. And millions of examples could be shown. Here's 15 or so right now. Darwinian or macroevolution would be a dog producing a non-dog, like a whale, a porpoise, a pine tree, a pumpkin, or an or a NAU biology professor, whatever the case might be. That wasn't mean. That's what they believe. That's what they teach. I'm just stating the facts there. You laugh because it's ridiculous, and it is ridiculous. But there's never been an example of, of macro, millions of examples of kinds bringing forth after their kind are scientifically observed. Why is that important to understand? Because ten times in the book of Genesis, we're told plants or animals will bring forth after their kind. And after millions of scientific experiments and observations, guess what's found every single time? Kinds bring forth after their kind. The changes, the adaptations within the kind are caused by the loss of the parent's gene pool. It's called gene depletion. So Noah didn't have to take all 350 pairs of dogs on the ark. He probably brought two. They had the full canine gene pool, and they brought forth after their kind when they got off the ark. What about eight men? Here, here's a brand-new textbook showing humans... Of, connected everything in the world with a nice red line, including jellyfish. Well, you know, the Piltdown Man was the Messiah of evolution from around 1910 and 1955. It fooled not millions, billions of people into rejecting Jesus. In fact, it fooled so many people, we finally kicked creation and prayer out of our schools and started teaching our kids they evolved without God. But in the late 50s, it was discovered these guys had taken the skullcap of a human, the jawbone from an orangutan, filed them down to fit together, acid-treated both sides, buried them in a rock quarry in Piltdown, England for two years, and came along and dug up Piltdown Man and spent the rest of their lives as world-renowned evolutionists and misled billions of people. Lucy's been the Messiah for evolution for the last 35 or 40 years. Uh, they said, well, these are the bones found. About a third of a skeleton was found. And they, they said, well, well, the knee joint is slightly bigger than a normal ape's knee, proving it's becoming human. Well, if you took all the knee joints in this room, they'd be different sizes. They said, but the thigh bone, the femur, angled to the knee. And, well, humans have angled thigh bones. They forgot to point out that almost all tree-dwelling apes have angled femurs. And the knee in question was found a mile away and 230 feet deeper in the strata. Yeah, if that was Lucy's knee, I want to see the airplane that hit that monkey. He must have been going <laughs> right through the treetops about 800 miles an hour. Anyways, uh, other skeletons have been found from 1987. These are not a link between ape and man and did not walk up like a human. Here's a brand new textbook showing Lucy walking perfectly upright like a human. While talking on a cell phone. I mean, what, are the, what are the odds of that? This is one of the newest ones. Kids, kids. Tomei, man's the oldest hominid known. Hominids are supposedly the closest link between ape and man. So this is what kids are taught. How are they supposed to defend their faith on that? 
Here's what they're not shown. When this was found in 2002, Nature Magazine said, this is an ape. It's not a human. When it was found in 2002, Science News said the specimen's teeth are apes. It didn't walk up like on two legs. So they wait 10 years and put it in the textbooks. Anything we scientists can do. And they, when they say religion, they mean Christianity. Learn their, their speech. Now, that separation of church and state, of course, not found in the Constitution. But evidently, it only, it only concerns if you promote Christianity. You can attack it in the schools all day long. And if you think it's me seeing they've got no evidence, they've got a, a key concept to Darwinism now is punctuated equilibrium, which means evolution happened so fast, no evidence was captured in the fossil record. But I thought science was knowledge derived from the study of the evidence. There is no evidence. It's a false religious belief undermining the faith of millions. Here's another email. You make Americans stupid by convincing weak-minded people your invisible God created the world. Darwinism is a proven fact. Well, it is, except for the fact that uh, no one has ever seen anything Darwinian macro evolve. The fossil record shows no missing links of any sort. We don't have any half this, half that flopping around on earth today. And the global flood erodes every old earth belief, including Darwinian evolutionism. So prove all things, my friends, and hold fast that which is good. And I cover Darwinism in our 50 Facts and Darwinism, which is causing a you to launch a class, and it will change people's opinion in our books. You can see my wife out here about some of these things. Let me end with this. Jesus said, Behold, the sower went forth to sow seed. Now, you're always correct to sow seed, the word of God, but the seed sower didn't prepare the soil. And some fell on rocky soil or among thorn bushes and started to grow, but it, it, it never produced any fruit. It wilted when the going got tough. But seed that fell on good soil bore fruit up to a hundredfold. I think we're being told, prepare the soil and then plant the seed. Okay, I'm going to try to go backwards again here. So this was a Calvin College person. I was speaking in Michigan. They sent their honor students to attack me. I walked off the edge of the stage after our 50 facts and Darwinism. This young woman runs up to, right in my face at the edge of the stage and yells, I hold an advanced degree in biology, and I came here to debate you today about Darwinism, and you just showed me everything I've been taught was based on a lie. Oh, praise God. So I told her, well, go back to your college and start telling them they need to stand on the truth of God's word instead of man's fallible philosophies, the shifting sand. So we can prepare the soil by destroying the foundations of secular humanism, which are billions of years leading to Darwinism. That's the calling of this ministry to teach about creation, evolution, and age of the earth issues, to expose false anti-biblical teachings in order to provide a reason for the hope that's in the heart of every true believer and every true seeker. All of our 14 messages are on our new DVDs. We just got them a week and a half ago. It took us 13 months to update them. And I have a brand new book out as well, uh, plus our kid-oriented books for kids and youth. But you can check with Joanna. We don't copyright my DVDs. I ask people, hey, if you get our DVDs, make a million copies. Give them to everybody that you know. Because of this. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers. 
Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.